I'm excited to talk about my sponsors today, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage Group. Amazing, amazing group. This is a teacher. This is, uh, Gay was a teacher. She is a teacher still. You need to learn this is the type of uh, environment you want to be in because she's going to help you understand why. And I think that's the hardest part of this business is understanding why. Why is the red one popular when the green one isn't? Well, there's usually a reason. And what Gay does is probably parse that better than anybody. And she'll explain the reasons for those things. I think that's really powerful. Yes, she puts out a list. You're going to get, uh, get use of that list if you get in the group. Now, here's the deal. The group isn't always open, right? So, you get on the waiting list, and you can join the waiting list through my link. Um, doesn't cost you anything to, to get on a waiting list. And if you uh, like her service, which I find that most people do, and that's why there's not so many openings, um, you'll be with her for a long time. And so it's AmazingFreedom.com. She's part of Andy Slamet's group. AmazingFreedom.com forward slash momentum, and you're going to get in the waiting list. That's all I can get you on right now. You can use my name and see if that gets you anywhere. But what I like about in that, uh, what I like about what they teach in that group are the things that are going on, you know, the current things. I've seen a lot of stuff going on about stores going out of business. Well, here's where an opportunity is. Here's why you want to do this. Hey, be cautious about this, you know, with Toys R Us coming out. You got to think about this. And that's the learning that you need to do. And gay is better than anybody else I've seen. So um, amazingfreedom.com forward slash momentum will get you to the waiting list. Then hopefully it can get you in the group and then you're going to see me in there and uh, we can chat anytime you're ready. Karen Locker's group, Solutions, the number four e-commerce, solutions4ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you 50 bucks. Karen's our account manager. We recommend her to everyone because she's done so well for us. I mean, that's quite frankly the reason we've been paying her for the last few years, but she's become an important part of our team. Her and her team are so involved in our account. I just see the emails coming back and forth. Hey, we did this for you. I just saw two listings today. And I'm like, wait a second. Why did they show up? I didn't put any listings up. They got, uh, they got uh, set off to the side by Amazon, and they reactivated them for me. You know what I mean? That's the stuff that just happens when you have a strong team, and I can't recommend Karen enough. If you use uh, my code Momentum, Karen pays me. I don't want to hide that. Of course, we all know that, but you're going to save $50, and it's a great opportunity to really, really um, build out your team with somebody you can trust. That's why I recommend them. So solutions for e-commerce, solutions, the number for e-commerce.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50. Oh, and by the way, she's going to do an inventory health report. Why is that important? Well, guess what? Fees are going up. Is your inventory health number declining like ours is? Well, here's why, and here's what they can do. What I like is I get a spreadsheet from them and it says, hey, um, here's a bunch of inventory. Here's what we recommend. And I'm like, yep refund, I mean, uh, delete, uh, return to us, blah, 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 whatever it is, and it's or destroy, and it just happens. That's what I like. The other thing that I have Karen help me with a lot is creating new listings. You know, we do a lot of the research ourselves, we upload our images, and then boom, magically the listing goes live, and I don't have to worry about it. Those are the services that Karen offers. Can't recommend her enough. Solutions for ecommerce.com forward slash momentum. Save 50 bucks. Use my code you save $50 a month every single month, and it's a great service. Plus, you get that free inventory health report. I think it's a really powerful way. So I can't, uh, I'm so excited how many people have been joining her because I see it. And I'm excited because the, the messages I get from people are saying, hey, this is great. I finally feel like I can focus on something else because Karen and her team are watching this for me. And, you know, I highly recommend her.
Next up is Seller Labs and Scope. <laughs> I almost said it wrong. It's, it's amazing. I mean, it really is amazing when you sit back and think about, hey, I want to get this product up and it's similar to this product, and that's, that product does well. Well, therefore, if that product does well, they have the right keywords. They have chosen things correctly. So guess what? You scope, and you can see all that stuff. And that's what the, the most powerful thing in the world is, to copy somebody who's done it right. That's what you want to you wanna take advantage of that, right? I mean, it's, it's fair uh, to see. And so, therefore, you could take and apply it to your listing and immediately get that same benefit. That's what Scope does for me. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. It's going to save you $50 on the service. Oh, by the way, it's free to try. So sign up, try it and say, oh, this is how it's done. Boom. And then you're going to, the light's going to go on and you're going to be like, man, I can get my products out there. I just can't wait. Can't wait. Sellerlabs.com forward slash momentum. The other day, I bought another domain. Yes, I bought another domain. It's almost like uh, I'm admitting guilt. But it's because I had an idea and it was something that was a pretty good idea. I think it's going to go pretty far. And so what do I do? I go to trygodaddy.com forward slash momentum and save 30%. So domains aren't very expensive. You get a few services. It adds up a little bit. And I usually buy three years. I usually buy privacy. By the way, I recommend that too. By that, you know, it's not that much money, but when you can save 30%, it makes it that much sweeter and it makes it easier uh, when you're buying domains, and especially if you buy a bunch of domains. I am a domain collector, and so I do tend to do that, but that 30% makes it a lot easier. And I use GoDaddy because what I like is I can pop in an address I'm thinking and it'll say, nope, nope, try this version or try this extension. And then boom, there it is. Hey, you better hurry before it goes away. And they're right, you know, and so try GoDaddy.com forward slash momentum, save 30%. Also, I want to mention about Grasshopper. Who was I just talking to somebody the other day? And they were like, oh, yeah, I use this company called Grasshopper. I'm like, dude, did you buy it through my link and save 30%? Hello? No, they missed that. So save 30%. It's trygrasshopper.com forward slash momentum. No surprise there, but you're going to save 30%. And what the, the real cool part about that is they're using it for their private label business. And it gives them virtually a second phone on their current phone without having to get another number. They can make up a vanity number. They don't have to go and do all the grief and, and sign long contracts. Pretty easy stuff. And so if you're creating a brand that you want to identify, you want to look professional, you want to look like a real company, Grasshopper is a great tool. It's an app you put on your existing phone, and boom, you now have a customer service department. You now have a sales department. You now have a manufacturing division. You could forward it to somebody else. You can have it go to different voicemails, different departments, and it's all included. So try grasshopper.com forward slash momentum. Save 30%. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 319, Kellen Ambrose. Um, I love Kellen's story. And yeah, I get a little gushy in it because I think the way he has designed his business for his life at his, this current time is working for him. He would tell you it's not perfect. He's still trying to improve it. Um, however, he's got time to improve it. He's got time to work on it. Why? Because it's intentional with the rest of it. 
And so that sounds so stupid, right? It's like, but you know, I think about it in my warehouse. I've got so many projects going that I can't get anything else done. I can't add any more responsibility. But when you're intentional about the rest of that stuff and you say, nope, 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 I'm not going to do this, it frees up that time. And I think Kellen's a really good example of somebody who's done that, has figured out all along the things, and he's tried all the stuff that we're doing and said, nope, 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 don't want to do that, don't want to, yes, I want to do this. And then really optimizes that so then he can now work on this other thing. And we get, uh, you know, I confuse a few things in the middle. Um, he sets me straight. But we get to some, some really good advice at the end, some really good, I've not heard this phrase or this book called The Slight Edge. And I, the more I listen to that in my mind, I'm saying to myself, you're right. It really is a slight edge, right? Good to great, I have that sitting on my shelf, but the difference between good and great is like 10%, right? The slight edge is even less than that, but that slight edge is enough of an advantage over time. And this continuous improvement that Kellen speaks of, the small improvements every single day, built a snowball over time. Very, very strong. Um, and again, I apologize for confounding a few things, but I think we get to a really good place. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest because I think there's some lessons here for us to learn. I, again, I think you know, what you want to do, where you want to go is up to you, right? And you can look at others and say, oh, I have envy, but then again, that's not me. And that's where I get to a lot, where I like, oh man, he's doing some cool stuff, but I know I'm not an outlier there. He is, therefore I can or she is, right? Um, in this circumstance though, I think there's somebody who's starting to figure things out and is figuring out his lane and has figured out probably the optimal way to approach it. And that's what interests me, Kellen Ambrose. Welcome, Kellen. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks for having me. I think that's a fair statement. Would you agree with that? You kind of optimized this e-commerce business for you so you can get to where you want to go. Is that fair? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I prefer the, uh, um, you know, the drop shipping model. Um, you know, I know we were talking about before the call. It's kind of <clears throat> some people, it has this negative stigma, I think, um, sometimes, but um, it's really, uh, it, it can be a legitimate business. Um, you know, when you work with like manufacturers directly and you're drop shipping, just like uh, target would or Walmart, um, you know, you have that, those same type of relationships and, um, yeah, just, I like having the location independence. Um, so I don't have to, you know, I, I could have a warehouse and have, um, you know, three employees, four employees and a forklift. Uh, and you know all that stuff, but that doesn't interest me. I like being able to run my business from wherever I am. Um, that's one of the greatest things that I, the, the freedom that it gives me, is what I really like about it. I think uh, I think now, right? I think a we're all mature to it now, right? In the past, we didn't understand it. We're like, wait, somebody's selling my product over on eBay and from Amazon, and we're like, wait, who is that? But wait, they're selling it at a higher price. How's that? How's that work? How how could they? They must not sell any, right? And blah, 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 right. And so we get. I think we're all mature enough now. We've all seen it enough for quite a long time, especially the last several years, with the software as it gets more sophisticated. There's more and more of that. And what I keep seeing from most people is that look, they're buying your product and selling it for you, at the price you want. Smile take their money and move on, right? As long as they're not hurting the brand, it's not like you're saying, you know, you're not uncut, undercutting the brand for sure, right? And so, so all that stuff aside. The other thing though is as fees continue to go up, I was just having this conversation with Andy the other day, you know, we've got pretty low cost warehousing and we, we are looking for one or two more private label people to come into our warehouse. 
And so the thing that we keep thinking about is offering seller fulfilled prime because the only thing Amazon's going to do is 100% raise their fees, right? They have to, their storage space is gonna get more costly as their employees, as you suggested, with employees and forklifts and insurance and warehousing, that cost goes up. Guess what? They're gonna pass it along. And so the drop shipping model today is more attractive, especially as you're trying. So let's say you sell, uh, look, uh, what am I looking at my desk? I'll find something, a pair of scissors, right? And you wanna add, you sell 20 different pairs of scissors, you wanna add tape. Well, you might not wanna carry tape, but your customers want scissors and tape. So you can drop ship that tape along with your scissors on your, in your own site, your catalog, you've now filled in something. You've, you've given a better experience to your customers. Is that, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I think this is a different world today. I think it's really changed within the last year as Amazon has matured and said, wait a second, we're not warehouses, we're fulfillment companies. They're, I mean, isn't it kind of the same thing? I mean, it really is. Uh, sorry, can you say that one more time? <laughs> the whole thing or just that last bit? <laughs> um. But your, the point that you're trying to get across there. But my point there is is that it's much more acceptable. It really has to be acceptable to fill out your catalog, right? So if you're doing your own website, you need to have products that you want people to stay on your site and buy your stuff. Well, you can't physically carry all the products, so therefore um, you fill in your catalog from other people, and, and drop shipping is a good technique. Again, because Amazon is going to charge so much for storage, it's not that dissimilar anymore. That's kind of what I was trying to say. No, yeah, there's definitely more and more people um, coming on the drop shipping scene, I would say. And, um, you know, I, I guess we're going to get into this later, but, um, you know, with the Shopify model, um, you know, it's, it's your own site. Um, so everything, you have to drive your own traffic. Um, and there's a lot more. Um, I'm sorry, Stephen. I'm kind of messing up here. No, no, no. I get it. I, I said a lot, and I apologize for saying so much. Everybody's like, "Good, Steve, shut up and let him talk." But here's the deal. I, I just want to. I want to drop the stigma because I see more and more people adding Shopify in to supplement their product, their their current product. So I make a board game. Right? I know somebody who made a board game, and they're very successful with it. Well, they want to add some other things because people are also buying X. If they don't bring that to market, they can fill it in with my product. They get a percentage of that sale. Therefore, they win. They don't have to invest in creating my product because I have it or I have a patent on it or whatever. It's a win-win in that scenario. And I think it's, it's a different approach today. And I think more and more people are saying, huh, I can fill in my catalog, especially as, as, as you say, we'll get to Shopify later. When you build your off-site, when you build your site, you want to have as much and many products as you can there to keep people interested, to get as much revenue as you can from that customer. Um, interesting. Now, tell me if this is fair. In the old days, I've had, I've had several large drop shippers on, and they quoted a rate of around 4%. And I know that's a broad statement. When all said and done, they earn about a 4% uh, net income on drop shipping. Have you experienced that? Um, you know what? It's funny that you bring that up because I remember um – I was at the Rocky Mountain Reseller Conference, and you said that last year. I didn't go this year. And um, on Amazon, um, yeah, like I think that's true for some of the really high volume people, where they just they have a you know a big bankroll, thousands um, and thousands and thousands of products. I mean, that's yeah, what they have. Yeah. yeah, like some people just go for the numbers game, and they might go for three, four percent. Um, 
I personally don't have, I would say on Amazon, uh, the drop shipping um, return is probably about 10 to 15% for me. I actually have some products where I've made 100% uh, profit, believe it or not. <laughs> I know it's crazy. Sustainable though? I mean, because I get that. We all have those outliers, right? So, I mean, I go and I buy, uh, remember Frozen, right? We all bought that Frozen crap from Target or Walmart and then sold it at three times the price and you made 100% return or 200 but it wasn't sustainable. But you've been able to find dropship products that you've been able to sustain for a length of time and earn those kind of results. Um, I mean, as far as like the hundred percent, like that is not like a regular thing. Okay, so it's uh, an outlier. Okay, all right, it's that's an outlier. But I would say on average, it's probably about ten to fifteen percent. I would say are my margins. Well, that's significant because I say this, and and Andy would agree with me, is that generally, okay, generally, most people see around a seventeen to twenty percent return from their Amazon business. Now, I'm going to qualify that and say. Those of us who have a warehouse, have employees, have insurance, have all those extra costs, um, that's what we see. So, you know, it's not that dissimilar. Um, and I guess it's because you're more specific in what you're choosing. Is that is that a, a, a way to say it? Yeah. So I have, um, I have uh, some VAs. So I have a total of seven VAs. And... Um, Let's see, I would say four of them um, pretty much look for products all day long. Um, they just scour the internet to find products to list. Um, and we do, I, I have pretty strict criteria. Um, so it has to be um, a certain rank, um, you know, a certain amount of sellers. Um, so they might work all day long and some days they might find two items. Um, you know, there's been days where they found you know, 10 or more items, but mm. I would say on average, it's, um, they might find like three items a day. Um, but it's because of the, just the criteria I have, it's, it has to be strict because I don't want those, you know, I don't want that 2% or 3% margin. You know, I'm trying to go for something that's a little bit better. Um, does that help or hurt? I mean, uh, first off the three a day, is that between all four or seven of them? No, that's just one one, one person. Okay, so you can do so for you to pick up ten to twelve items a day, five days a week. I mean, that's that's material quantity. I mean, that's sixty items a, a week. Does that offset? Is that offset because you take products out because you know the lifespan? You know, you were making that ten to fifteen percent, and now it's down to one or two percent. You're like, okay, gone. Now next. Yeah. Um, so I've I've built it up to. Uh, you know, it's been times that I've had over 3,000, maybe 3,500. And then, um, you know, when we look back at our inventory, a lot of it is um, they didn't really go through uh, the criteria I laid out properly. Ah, okay. So, you know, we'll dwindle it back down and then just kind of build it back up and then dwindle it back down and build it back up. But right now we're kind of in a building phase. So, I mean, we, we had up to like 3,500 at one point um, last year and then we brought it down to maybe about a thousand products and now we're starting to just kind of ramp things back up and hopefully have a nice, um, nice sized, uh, inventory by, by Q4. So, so one thing you mentioned there is that you, you're, I guess the staff who brought these things didn't follow your criteria or the criteria changed. I mean, that, that'd be a separate issue. Have you put a control in place this time to prevent that from happening again? Um, 
like, I mean, do you have, because uh, I see a lot of people have a head VA, which is kind of a weird term, right? But that person then vets the others to make sure that they all meet the criteria. It's the double check kind of thing. Yeah. Well, um, one thing that I always tell people when they get into like VA, some people find, which I think this is, this was surprising with the conferences I've been to, like some people seem very intimidated by hiring a VA. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you hire your very first VA, um, you just work with them a lot and like really pretty much uh, mo- like mimic like everything that you do. You're cloning yourself in a way um, and you really work close with them for like a few months. And then once they get up to speed, every other VA you hire, um, they can, they're like the manager or the head VA. Okay. Like okay so so you, don't have, you don't have to work with them as uh, the, the other ones that you hire as much because that, that primary one has been trained so well. So they filter them. Do, do you use that VA then to help you hire at this point or, or no? Um, yeah, like I, you know, I used to use uh, onlinejobs.ph uh, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, once you start hiring, once you get like one or two good VAs, most of the time they have friends or family. Um, so I haven't used onlinejobs.ph in um, a few years now because they always know someone that's they recommend and they're putting their name on the line, so they want to they want to bring someone good on. So I haven't had the, the the need to really use that anymore. So uh, so the first couple you had to do it that way, but then as you get a, a you know what you expect, they know what to expect, and they'd be like, hey, to somebody else, I've got an opportunity that might be. I think that's a smart move um, because, like you said, they're invested in that person's success, good or bad. Yeah, they they don't want their. They don't want to bring someone and and look bad. Plus, oh. they don't want to have to carry the load for them, right? I mean, cause that's the other issue. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't want to work any harder because I brought you on to pass. I'm not interested. <laughs> okay, so so VAs have helped you find. Are you using any specific software? I know there's a lot of cool software out there that does stuff. Um, yeah, so I use uh, well, I use App Eagle or what? It's, I don't know what it's called now. I forget. Um, yeah, they changed names. So we use that for repricing. Um, we use inventory software. Um, it's called SkewGrid. Um, there's a lot of issues with SkewGrid right now, but um, we we're not having problems that I've seen other people have. Um, so we use those. Um, we also use um, Tactical Arbitrage. Yeah, we use sure. that as well. Um, and that helps a lot. It helps, you know, with, with finding, you know, you don't find a lot of products. I'm, I'm sure it's like that with FBA too. Mm-hmm. You might do a scan and you set your parameters and you might not find a lot. But so, a lot of times you'll find a product that will kind of lead down the road to another product that you can use. Um, or that you could, that's kind of similar that kind of, or gives you an idea like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's go after something like this. And well, let, let me, let me dig there for a second because like I used to use price checker too. And I have technical arbitrage too, but price checker too, I used to use and I'd run 28,000 SKUs through it, right? I get a catalog from a vendor and I go to a lot of trade shows. So I get this catalog digital and if it wasn't digital, I convert it to digital using some software. All right. So I got that, got the UPC, the price, right? And then match that against Amazon's database, it would spit out that variation, you know, that whatever the parameters I put in saying, hey, this percent return, this dollar amount, whatever it is, and this rank. And it would spit out a list. Is that kind of the similar process that you use to help find products to drop ship? Is that kind of similar? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think what we do, and it's so funny because I, I haven't even logged on there in so long because I've trained them up to I have a couple of VAs that, that use that strictly, and 
I I don't even like I haven't logged into Tactical Arbitrage in a few months, but I believe from what I can remember, I think what we did was we would just find a uh, um oh we would use uh <laughs> what's it called um Storefront Stalker Nate's program Storefront Stalker yep yeah yeah and uh, we would find uh, you know a lot of times you can just tell certain sellers that primarily drop ship you can just tell by their their handling time a lot of times and and uh, you just extract their their ASINs and uh, you know see what you can find you set parameters and see what you can find um, now I will say that we're, we're actually getting away from um, well because that's only a race to bottom right I mean because the only yeah. thing you can offer different than me is a lower price fair I mean, yeah. it's really all you can do, right? Because the only difference is that you and I, if we're selling the same product and neither one of us controls it, we don't own it, the only thing you can do different than me is offer a lower price to get ahead of me. And so it, and it just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it goes to yeah. the bottom. Yeah, or sometimes people just fall off. Like, like maybe they run out of money. Oh, okay. Like that happens too. Mm -hmm. uh, but really, like, that kind of that model is, you know, it's getting more difficult, as you know. <laughs> um so we're, we do have some wholesale accounts that we drop ship as well. So we're kind of transferring, transitioning more into that. Um, and and so course, that model is what? So you find an account, you find a, and you say, hey, I'd like to sell your products, and um, I'd like to sell them as a drop shipper, right? Yes. Okay. And I, and yeah, I have a, uh, I have like a, a demo site for my Amazon store, and it's just like a, kind of like how they teach in the the wholesale formula. Sure, sure. I have a third-party site, uh, or lots of times it's a Shopify site, where people could say, hey, where do you sell? I sell here. Oh, and I also sell on Amazon. Right, yeah. yeah. And I, okay. I, don't even, I don't even sell on that site, but it's just for show. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that's primarily how you get a lot of accounts. Um, but yeah, we've gotten a few like that. Um, some are, are doing pretty well, um, but that's, you know, a lot more sustainable, you know, right. to do it that way. Well, let me ask you a question about this, because I remember... I think it was Fred McKinnon. I'm not sure. What, it was him or someone else who said this. And they said, these are large sellers. They said one of the biggest challenges that they see coming in, in drop shipping for them is the customer service side. Because people are so sophisticated and so used to buying online now, they're not afraid to ask a question, you know. And so they then have to reply to these questions because it's not like they can shoot the message over to the other vendor. They have to deal with it. And so when you're dealing with high volume, and you get, you know, one question per hundred orders, when you're dealing with thousands of orders, that's a lot of questions. And so they didn't have that cost structure in place, and it started eating to their 4% margin. Have you seen that in your world? Oh, yeah. Um, customer service is, can be a pain. Um, and honestly, I have everything outsourced as far as placing orders and listing products and repricing. Everything is done. Uh, for the most part, you know, I still have to step in. Like, I still check up on everything every day. Mm -hmm. um, but the customer service is the one aspect that I have a hard time giving up um, because it is so important. Um, there are some sellers that have all of it outsourced. They outsource all of that stuff, and they have the, you know, like uh, all the. They have like an eight hundred number that goes to their VA Skype. Um, oh, Skype cool. Name and and they'll answer calls or or make calls out and do that, and you know that that those those types of VAs you have to pay more um, 
And, so that uh, does cut into that margin. It has to. Yeah. Now, I've seen some people do chat bots because that's the new thing right now where it's a chat bot that comes in and it's your picture like, hey, how can I help you? And it has a, like a Zendesk with all as many questions as they can get. Have you tracked the questions you get? Are they similar generally? Um, yeah. So like a lot of I have a, a whole spreadsheet of responses that um, <laughs> you know, that I can just copy that whole response and, and paste it in. Um, might have to edit a few words, but there are certain things that I can just copy that whole response and paste it right in and be done with it. <laughs> okay. All right. So not too bad. So um, the other challenge that they said was, this was a growing thing, is that people kind of buy and then have a lot of buyer's remorse or, you know, I sell shoes, for example, and I get shoes back all the time. I, that's one of the highest returns item. You know, they, I'm a size seven. Now you gain 400 pounds. You're not a size seven anymore. You're a size 12, whatever. And so... I got to eat that, right? And so that stuff comes back. On the Shopify or on the dropshipping model, they said that that was one of the big challenges because then the, I guess the merchandise comes back to you and then you have to return it back to the dropshipper. Is that the, kind of the way it works? Sometimes it is like that. Yeah. Not all the time. Sometimes oh, okay. They can return it directly to the supplier, but um, but sometimes, yeah. I do have, I have stuff. I'm looking at it right now in my house. <laughs> I have about uh, 10 boxes here of things that I need to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, like sometimes it's past the return oh. uh, that I can, you know, return to the supplier. So a lot of times actually I'll sell it on, um, like, uh, offer up. Um, I don't know if you know that app it's called offer up or there's one called, um, let go, let go. Like I've, I've sold a lot of stuff like that. Um, just to kind of get rid of it and I'll take it, I'll sell it for a loss. Just uh, if I can get a little cash in my pocket and not, you know, that's fine with me if I can, if I have to do that. So that I definitely have to do that sometimes. So you mentioned uh, that it's harder to find products and stuff. And I assume this is because the software just makes it easier, right? The, the things that the art of it, let me say it that way, is being replaced by the digital data version of it. Cause I'm sure the data is more accurate than the art. Um, and so more and more people are doing that. Um, do you feel like the walls are closing in on you? Somebody used that phrase for RA, and they're like, look, it's not dead. It just feels like the walls get a little closer to me sometimes. Is that what it feels like for you? Oh, def yeah, definitely. It's getting more and more difficult. That's why I'm diversifying into other things now. So um, I don't like have, relying on one. Uh, like Amazon's great. You know, Amazon is the reason why I was able to leave my job um, three years ago. And... Uh, you know, I've been doing it full time since, but, um, you know, Amazon terrifies me too. I mean, I've seen them just completely flip people's world upside down and, um, you know, it, it's, it's scared me to, to take action and to diversify. So that's not a fear for you. That's just a smart business model saying, Hmm, I'm not going to let one person control my future. I'm going to control it with these multiple ways. I think that's very, very healthy. And I think that everybody should take that approach and just say, Hey, what if, right? You know, I, I what if Amazon makes, they, it's their, I think I heard this analogy. It's their sandbox. So, right. you know, and, they, and life happens, right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah, there's sometimes they, they'll make just weird decisions sometimes that got out of nowhere. And, um, I just, I just, uh, it just scares me into, <laughs> I haven't had, I got, when I first started selling um, five years ago, I got suspended initially, mm -hmm. uh, but I've never, I haven't had any problems since then. Yeah. And so you straighten up your act, you get a little more attentive. 
Um, because it, it's funny, we talk, who was I just talking about this? The rules that are in place now were not in place back when I started. I guess somebody was at our warehouse the other day and we were sitting around talking to him. The rules that are in place today were not in place when I started selling. So therefore, I've got all those bad habits. But they weren't bad habits back then. I mean, literally, I'd buy a store, I'd buy all their inventory, send 100% of the inventory in Amazon. That's the way it was. Yeah. Definitely. Now, now right. I can't, right? Now you can't. Um, and I mean, you know, we'd send a thousand of an item in, you know, you can't, it would sit there forever and it's, they didn't have fees. I didn't pay any fees, but it's different today. And so, okay. So is that my fault? Is it their fault? It's nothing. It's evolved. And so having yeah. that B plan. You when, have to adapt. When, when you were getting into Amazon, what were you thinking? What was it going to be for you when you started? Um, well, I guess I'll go back to, uh, when I got into e-commerce in general. So when I first started, I'd I started on eBay. I think a lot of sellers start on eBay at first. Mm -hmm. They're a little more forgiving with mistakes. Um, and I did eBay. I was working a full-time job, and uh, I was actually drop shipping on eBay. And uh, I built up um, a good amount of money that I saved. I didn't touch it for about a year and a half. Because it was a side hustle. It was just a side thing. Yeah, I was just, so I was just saving it and saving it. And then um, and then I, I purchased a course um, that taught you how to not only sell on Amazon, but how to outsource. And once I started to um, outsource, that's when I realized that the leverage that I got, and I realized that I can actually do this full time. So I would say about, started selling on Amazon, uh, just like three or, three or four years ago. Um, I, maybe it was like January, and I think by the time I hit like June, was when I actually made more money in June than I made at my full-time job. <laughs> and this was, were you doing retail arb at that point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and then I was like, wow, I think I, I might be able to do this. And I, and I told myself, I said, I want to see some consistency. Um, so then July came around, and I, I made double what I made in June. Whoa. <laughs> and then I was like, I'm definitely going to do this, but I don't know when. <laughs> at work one day, I used to manage a restaurant, um, and I was at work one day, and I came in at, at 12, I worked 12 to close, and I came in right in the middle of a lunch rush, and all these employees called out. Um, we weren't set up for lunch, it was complete chaos. <laughs> and about a half hour there, I, uh, I gave my notice. And um, I'm previously, like I'm usually pretty conservative, so that was like a bold decision for me. Sure. And after I made that, you know, after I told them, uh, told the GM, and then he told the regional manager. So when he told the regional manager, then I was like, "Wow, this is really real." And I, and I thought to myself, "I hope I made the right decision." And uh, as the day went on, more and more things were getting messed up. So I was like, "Yeah, I made the right decision." You know, thinking about that because this is important to understand. Um, do you think you were running away from something or running towards something? Uh, I would say both. I mean, interesting. Yeah, like I was, I, I'm so I managed restaurants for like eleven years, and to be honest with you, I, I hated it the entire time, and I thought I was pigeonholed in this industry, and because um, you didn't see anything else, right? That's your norm, yeah. right? Everybody works shitty hours, everybody works weekends. That's just normal, right? I miss all the holidays. People yeah. are gonna call off. It's just you know we hire, you know these type of people, whatever that means, right? I'm not qualified, but it, whoever they are, right? That type. And therefore, that's what we're going to get. And therefore, that, that's the cost that comes along with it. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought I was kind of like just stuck in this industry. I, I used to call my mom every Sunday night. I was at work and I would just complain about how I hated my job. And she still brings that up to this day. And what did she say to you? What was her advice then that you didn't listen to clearly? Because <laughs> moms are smart. Now, go ahead. Um, she, she really, she didn't really have much to say. I don't think she had an answer because I didn't really have like a direction. She was more so there just to listen, um, oh, you know, okay. just be a mom and listen. Um, but kind of going back to what you're saying, like, I, and then when I, when I started to sell like through e-commerce, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoy like, like drop shipping in general is kind of like you're making money out of thin air in a way. That's what it seems like. It's you know, much more passive than FBA for sure. Yeah, it's pretty, it can be pretty passive um, for sure. Um, not not a hundred percent, but yes, like you were saying, more it's more passive than FBA. And I've done, I've done plenty of FBA. Uh, you know, I've done retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, um, I've even done some wholesale and some private label. So I mean, yes. you've done all of it. Yeah, private label um, failed miserably, but uh, <laughs> I definitely want to take another jab at that again. I, I really see a lot of potential in that model, and I know a lot of people are doing really well with with private label. So I'm definitely going to do that again. Well, all the things that you're learning in dropshipping apply to pri private label, right? I mean, bringing a product to market, bringing somebody else's product to market, making sure the customer service is in place, making sure all those things uh, digitally and handling all that stuff, they all apply to private label. So you're in it. You just, you're just you only in one segment of it. You just got to figure out the other two or three. The fact that you've already, you know how to pack up things and get it to market. Matter of fact, you even have an advantage because you're so not wanting to touch product you're not going to end up having a warehouse full of private label products either. You're going to make sure that that gets outsourced. Those are all skill sets, um, very, very strong skill sets. And I would argue, um, and I know most people who are listening to this who are really successful at private label are saying, you've got these VAs trained. The fact that you understand how to hire a VA and train them, you could have them searching for private label products very simply. So uh, to me, you know, I, I always say this, you, uh, and I think I qualified in the beginning. You have figured out a way to optimize for you this business so you can focus in on other things that is a very strong skill set because many of us steve flop around from piece to piece to piece got a warehouse got a private label got wholesale got i don't do ra anymore but but got a warehouse full of other stuff um like a, a mentor that i'm using right now says steve you're dragging that around like an old girlfriend an ex-girlfriend this inventory and he's right you're not because you've optimized that because you said, no, don't want to do that. That doesn't mean you failed. That doesn't mean that your model is better or worse than anybody else's. It's yours. And I, I applaud it because you have figured it out for you. When you think back to when you started and the excitement you had that when you, know, you went to Target's NCAP and you scanned and you found a product that went in and sold and that excitement versus now, where you know it's four years later now you got responsibility right so now you have to make money back then it was a side hustle you didn't keep you know it you made it or you didn't right you, it was you were probably it didn't matter right back then now it really matters how different is the feeling though uh for you today versus four years ago um <laughs> No, is it a grind for you now? Is it like, oh, gotta go in, gotta go to the salt mines, gotta put my head down, find some things, blah blah blah. Definitely uh, not. Okay, Definitely not. so it's no. not that. It's not doom and gloom. It's not. You're not working in the restaurant business anymore mentally, right? You're not back there. No, no. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, you know, that some some days I, I don't know if I think every every entrepreneur experiences this, but 
you know, it's hard to bring it every day. Um, right. You know, it's it, that's why it's important to surround yourself around people that are doing the same thing. Um, so, yeah, like I'll go through periods of time that um, like I've done a lot of traveling this summer. Um, so I can kind of kind of keep the business going along, um, you know, keep keep everything floating along and keep it running like it's just you know but are you grateful for that or do you still get doom and gloom sometimes i mean because i think that that's a very key point the fact that you get to travel and do all those things and it's humming along man how many people get to say that yeah it's i'm totally grateful um oh, that's cool yeah i definitely uh i definitely practice gratitude and you know i'm ever since i got into this business i've um really um, gotten into self-development and just, you know, just being grateful for where I'm at. Um, well, what do you do with self-development? Uh, you know, give us an example of stuff that you do and, and be real. I know um, it's hard as a guy. I get it, but it's <laughs> I, true. A lot of it's just podcasts. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like I walk my dog every morning. I always listen to like a, some type of motivational podcast. It's usually like a motivation through an entrepreneurial standpoint. Um, like I, the the podcast that I got into um, at the very beginning is called Every Day a Saturday. I don't know if you've heard of that one. No, no, I like it. So Every Day a Saturday. Yeah, and Sam Crawley is the guy's name. Um, so he, uh, I've been listening to him since the very beginning, since I got into all this. I still listen to him to this day. Um, there's other, you know, there's other ones, but I well, usually. What I, does I, he do for you? So what do you get from that? Because I think there's a bunch of people sitting there saying, you know, Kellen, I don't have that freedom. I don't have the ability to travel. I got. I got shipments I got to do. I got to do this. And so you're able, because you have some of those same feelings, you said, but these things help push you through it. Give us an example of what, you know, what you're listening to and what that does for you. Um, like With a lot Sam. Of, yeah, like a lot of things, like for example, um, just like believing in yourself, um, you know, getting, don't, don't listen to the naysayers because you're going to have people that sometimes it's, you know, family, sometimes it's like you're, your closest friends, they, they don't, they think, you know, they don't understand what you do and, and they might kind of put a negative thought in your head. Without and, a filter, right? Because they don't have filters. Your closest yeah. friend and family, they'll just say it like it is with no filter and you feel it. Yeah. So you, you become like an, it's, you just become like a, like an outlier and you just, you can't, you can't listen to what they say, you know? Um, that's why, again, it's kind of, it's important to to have like a circle of friends um, that do the same thing. It's kind of the power of face Facebook. It's funny. I've met some great friends through Facebook and you know, we, we have little masterminds and um, you know, sometimes it's like I was saying earlier, it's kind of hard to, to bring it every day. So I might kind of, I might be kind of just slacking off a little bit, but I see them, um, you know, they're really working hard and they're, uh, they're making stuff happen. They're listing products or they're building out their site or whatever. Um, so you see them doing that and it kind of lights a little fire under you and, and saying, Hey, you need to get back to work because, uh, you know, you see them doing it and it inspires me. Do you cut those others, those negative people out of your life? Uh, yeah, like I have, well, I mean, have I you, have, I mean, I have some friends that I grew up with that I'm still friends with and, um, you know, they, um, I wouldn't say I've cut them out. But, like, I, I grew up in West Virginia, this small town in West Virginia. Now I live in Baltimore. Um, even though Baltimore is a bigger city, I don't really have any friends here. So I don't have distraction. 
I don't have a friend coming over and saying, Hey, let's go do this or do anything like that. I just, I'm just, I'm here and focused. I don't have people like <laughs> coming by my house or anything. Um, but yeah, like I, I've had to, I wouldn't say cut them out completely, but just maybe limit the, yeah, um, tune them out might be a better phrase, right? Yeah. Limiting the contact because they, they just don't get it. They don't understand. Yeah, I think all of us have had that, especially with family um, and the negative family because it's the government's fault. It's the, yeah, I don't care who, it's somebody's fault except for yours. Kellen, is it your fault? It is, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. If your business isn't going good, it's you, right? I mean, yeah. you can blame your VAs if you want, but quite frankly, that you didn't train them. So when you accept that personal responsibility is really what you're talking about, uh, you get offended sometimes by that stuff. At least I do. Um, because it's like, wait a second. You know, I mean, you know, when you were working your full-time job, right, working the miserable hours, putting up with all that nonsense, and you were going home and doing this side hustle, that's not an excuse. That's, that's action. And when other people, I'm sure just, you know, woe is me, my job sucks, the world's ending, blah, 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 and no action. So whose fault is that? Yeah, that's their fault. Right. And I, I think it's great to tune people out. Uh, like you said, you can't cut off family, but tuning them out is very healthy. Sure. How, do, how do you stay? So, so you listen to podcasts, you listen to these things to stay kind of to offset that. How do you stay motivated? How do you go past that point now? I mean, are, are you into health? Are you into, you know, relationship developments and things like that? How do you get that motivation to keep you going to do more? Um, I would say... Um, so I used to be very active working out, um, since I've started this business, I'll, you know, I have slacked, <laughs> I put on a little weight, you got keyboard um, muscles. So, That's about it. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting in front of a computer, um, a lot, but I can, I can say that whenever I, I do exercise or workout, a lot of times it's, uh, you don't feel like it at the beginning, but there's never been a time that I've regretted it. And it's always just, it helps with, uh, you know, just getting you, um, inspired and, and you actually, you, your production goes up a lot. So, um, I need to get better at that. I, <laughs> I, I would say I work out a, like Welcome to the club. a week at this time at this point, but yeah, I'd like to do it like maybe every other day. Um, I, I think, think it's real. I think everybody's, you know, and we were in a pre-conversation. I'm in a keto group because I'm into that right now. But it's still just, a, again, like-minded individuals, kind of we're back to that network with your Facebook groups. It's like-minded individuals who kind of inspire each other that rather than look down the nose because they understand how difficult it is. All right, let's move the conversation to Shopify because the thing that interests me additionally about Kellen um, other than the story, don't get me wrong, but it's it's that you have put in your effort again. This is an intentional, an intentional model where he has limited his time on this other stuff. We all heard that, so he can work on his business. And one of the things that he's been working on and having some pretty good success is Shopify. Uh, it's very impressive what you've been able to do with it. And I know there are outliers that have done fifteen times you. I get that. But this is Kellen, and Kellen's saying, hey, I'm having a little bit of success. So talk us through that a little bit. Sure. Um, so now I'm doing um, high-ticket dropshipping on, on uh, Shopify. Um, so before I, I got into Shopify, I'm, I'm not really technically savvy, honestly. Um, and I had to learn how to kind of build out a website um, but I, I have manufacturer direct relationships where I drop ship directly from these from these manufacturers, <clears throat> and um, 
I would say my average order value is probably around a thousand dollars an order. Whoa. So, um, yeah, like I mean, I'm not making a ton of sales. Um, but, but when one happens, it's a good day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I've had it's it's definitely picking up momentum. <clears throat> um, so I guess you know, kind of to go go over the whole thing. So basically, what what I've been taught is to uh, you want to pick a niche. Um, so you, you kind of determine a, a niche that um, that people like. I'll, I'll say, uh, for example, we'll say refrigerators. Okay. I wouldn't pick refrigerators, and I'll tell you why in a second. But um, you know, that's, that's a high ticket um, high ticket product. So you you might open a website and say um, refrigeratorsdirect.com, and you list pretty much just refrigerators, and you establish yourself as an expert in that niche. And you might not be an expert at first, but you will become an expert because of a lot of times the customer service and having these relationships with these these suppliers. Um, you start to learn a lot, and you you kind of, you do become an expert. You can answer questions without looking them up um, later on. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of search for like a a niche where you see a lot of demand, like people are searching for it, and then you see how much competition you have. And if, if everything lines up, there's a couple other factors, but if all that lines up, then you can just go for it. And, um, you know, the niche I picked right out the gate, it, it's working. So um, I was pretty lucky. And some of my friends that kind of got into it, they uh, they didn't pick good niches at first. So I, I was lucky with the niche that I picked. Well, and, can we stop there a second? Because I, sure. I think this is a good question. The niche that you picked, and we're not going to expose it, um, was it something that interested you, and is that why you chose it? If you thought about, have you thought about why you chose it? To be honest with you, no, <laughs> not. Well, really. I'm just hoping that it's more than luck. I mean, I'm hoping that over the years you've seen something in this. You've seen your family deal with this issue, or you've seen TV show. I, I don't know what it is. Have you ever seen it before and thought, huh? And then later on in life, I'm just wondering if that's a way to look back. Um, honestly, it wasn't that way with this, but <clears throat> like when I initially, um, did my research, I just had a list of different niches that were like high ticket. Um, uh, what, did you just off the top of your mind or did you Google most expensive products to buy? Um, uh, so you can like, a lot of times you can get ideas. You can look on Amazon. Um, you uh. know, you can look on eBay, you can go to the store, go to Costco and just look around you'll see things and you'll be like, huh. I wonder if there's a market for that. And you just, you go home and, um, you know, do the research and see if everything lines up. So I had a list of about 20 to 30 niches and I narrowed it down to a few. Um, and then I just kind of moved forward with, with one in particular. And you had, well, you know, you said something about going to Costco and looking through. Here's my theory on that. And somebody said this to me one time, like, look, there are a lot of, there's a lot of research done on putting a product on the valuable space in Costco, right? There's a lot of research. So if it's there for sale, there's a market for it, period. That's it. There is a market for it. Now, it depends on how thick it is, the market, but there is absolutely a market or they wouldn't have put it in their store. Dollar-wise, you want to look at those higher-end things. So I think that having that ability to take advantage of others who spent the money and done the research, I think, is very smart. Um, when you look back at your niche, did you do you feel like you've taken full advantage of it, or are you just getting started? I'm, I'm definitely just getting started. There's a lot to learn, especially when you're, you know, when you have your own site, you got to drive traffic. Um, there's different sources of traffic: Google, Bing, Yahoo. 
um, and they're different. Each one's different. Yeah. Um, you know, Facebook, I don't really do Facebook. Um, I do Facebook retargeting ads. So I don't, because they're high, they're high ticket items. Like people, a lot of the Facebook ads that you see a lot of times are for, um, like novelty, like kitchen gadgets and stuff like that. Like impulse buy things. People aren't going to impulse buy a thousand dollar item. Well, let's go back to the refrigerator. So give me an example of what you would do with the refrigerator. That's a good example. Like, like how I'd advertise it? Yeah, on, on Facebook. What would that? What would a retargeting campaign look like for a refrigerator? Um, so, well, well, let me kind of backtrack, I guess, to how you initially advertise. Okay. Uh, the biggest thing, the, the biggest reason why it works is you, you, um, you advertise through Google product listing ads. I'm not sure if you know what that is, but no. for the listeners, I guess it's uh, like if you go to Google and you type in um, uh, refrigerators, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, let me do it right now. <laughs> um, so if you type that in, you'll see at the very top, you're going to see, it'll say sponsored, and it'll have little images, little um, thumbnails of different people selling refrigerators. Those, where it says sponsored, those are product listing ads. Um, so ideally, the people that, are searching for these these types of products. They might type in Kenmore six seven one two three, right? They they know, and that's exactly to replace the one that they have, likely, right? They love this yeah. one. Yeah, well, and and they they already know. They already kind of like at the end of the buying cycle. So they go to Google. They already know what they want. If they type that in. Those are the kind of customers you want, right? But They're looking for price, lowest price. Yeah, and a lot okay. of times they don't they don't make that purchase decision the first time they visit your site. So that's where the retargeting comes in with Facebook. So you just you, you have it set up to where whatever products they viewed, it's like a carousel ad, and they'll um, they're gonna see all those products they just viewed on your site. If they jumped around, it'll show up on their Facebook feed, and you just say, hey, you know, we're still here. Come back and visit. Basically, <laughs> is this that little pixel that you do and that whole setup thing? Is that kind of the way it goes? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. I'm familiar with some of that. Okay. So so you if somebody found you. They come in, they look at you. Do you have the ability, and I don't know Facebook ads very well. I do some, but I'm really not that good at it. Uh, It's a Rachel Miller thing. That's a name somebody should look up if they want to run Facebook ads. Um, So if you want to sell refrigerators, is there another way that I can say, uh, can I look for people who are interested in buying refrigerators? Do they get that specific or no? Um, What do uh, Do you mean like... The type of people who are looking for these. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess that maybe you're saying it better than I am. So I guess that you would have to then do, but that's generic demographic, right? Oh, uh, we're looking for married couples, uh, been married for 20 years, lived in their home for more than 10 years. They're going to be looking for one. I guess that would be. But then you're still just shooting in the dark, right? You're getting a little more narrow, but it's still shooting in the dark. In your case, you're saying these people expressed interest. Now I'm going to be the one to close the deal. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, I mean, initially, how you kind of determine it is um, use uh, keyword planner in your in Google AdWords. Mm-hmm. So you might type in refrigerators, and you'll see um, it'll display how many people are actually typing in refrigerators into Google every month. And then, if it's a certain amount, you're like, hey, there's a lot of people looking for this. There's someone. A lot of people are looking for this this specific product. And then you can you can look through um, the Google Shopping. Um, the area of Google where it's like the shopping ads and you can see how many people are selling these, right? And you can see people that have niche-specific sites that are selling refrigerators as an example. So if, if it, everything lines up, then 
you know it's a, it's a good niche to go into. And again, no, I don't think I'm clear on it because I think I might have messed it up when I said that. How do you get to those customers? You see it's a good niche. You see it. So you put up your own little drop shipping site. It's a landing page. It's got all these refrigerators. Hopefully you have some content in there. Do you have to get those people to come to your site to then retarget them? Or can you retarget them because they're at somebody else's site? No, they have to come to your site. Okay. Initially. All right. So you've got to find a way to get them to your site. And so the retargeting is really helping you make the sale. That's the, that's really not bringing traffic to your site. Fair. Yeah. I think, I think I heard a stat, something like, um, 70% of sales are through are closed through retargeting. I think something okay. like that. Okay. So that's the sales. That's the invisible salesperson at the end. So yeah. let's talk about getting people to come to your site. Cause as you said, you've got, you know, Google, you've got Bing, you've got, a million other search engines and you got to compete against Amazon, which what did I read? 55% of all searches now begin with Amazon as opposed to Google Bing and whatever the other ones are, um, Firefox or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, so how do you start like from a Google? So in that scenario, I want to bring, I want to bring people to my landing page with my refrigerators. Once I get them there, I know I'm going to try and sell them right up front or I'm going to retarget them. So that piece you've already explained, I think you've done a great job on that. I didn't, but you did. Um, how do I get them from Google to that website? What are some of the techniques you use? And you don't have to give away anything secret, of course, please, but stuff that you've seen that has worked or, you know, that's general. I mean, majority of my sales come from the product listing ads. Um, and kind of how it works is you can't, it's different from Amazon as far as like, um, um, like you're not creating an ad um, well, let me back up a little bit. They have, so there's text ads, which is like, if you type in something like refrigerator as an example, and you go below the, the where it says sponsored has a little thumbnail images of the product, mm -hmm. um, below that you'll see, um, like here's one for Sears and it has ad next to it. And there's text in that ad that says like, like for example, Sears, right? I'm looking at, it says shop your way and save. Um, orders three ninety nine plus ships for free. Save ten percent now. Price match guarantee. So you can fill up fill up that stuff. Um, you know Google will give you so much um, real estate to type in whatever you want to type. I've made a few sales like that, but majority of them are from the product listing, um, where it's just like the little thumbnail images. And when you when you you pretty much um, sync your your feed of like all of your products to Google and um, You'll see people that go to your Google determines, um, you know, who clicks on your ads, right? Like they they'll kind of go and go to your website and they'll see what you're selling, and then you um, it you'll see people that uh, you'll see what people are typing in and what they like they might typed in uh, um, like white refrigerator and they clicked on this one specific product, right? And that that might be a good keyword. That's an okay keyword, but um, and this is kind of like Amazon too, but you want to make you want to really focus on your negative keywords so if someone types in uh, wine cooler well I'm not selling wine coolers I'm selling refrigerator they typed in wine cooler they clicked on your ad of this specific Kenmore product right well you don't want people to type in wine cooler and click uh, click on your ad it's a waste of money so you make that a negative keyword so that your ads won't show up for that anymore um, that's what I do some people I'm actually working on the SEO part which is more um, it's more long term, um, and it takes a long time to to really get that um, in place. Like it, it's going to take a few months, um, but I'm kind of chipping away at it every day. 
Um, some of my competitors, I see them, they show up really well through SEO. Like if you type in, you know, Kenmore 60302, um, right below the product listing ads, they just show up organically in search. So you can see their website and their, their product shows up. So um, I want to get that free traffic too. So I'm, I'm working on that as well. And so you're just watching others and studying what they do and copying it. Um, back to this. So how do you get your, so you have this, you have your own website and it's got all these products. How do you feed that into Google? What is that fed into? What is the Google thing that you feed into? And then what software do you use? And you don't, if you don't want to tell, that's fine. But I mean, what's that called? Where you sending into the, is it Google shopping cart? What is that where they show those images? I don't know what that is. Um, so when I first started out, I, I was, um, and it's been a while. Like I, I think I initially did this back in like February and I ran ads for a little bit. So you, you have to, um, you know, Google's got a couple different things. They have like your, your, um, is it? It's AdWords. There's the keyword planner. Um, I still don't understand, understand all of it. Um, but it's like Google shopping because it, it's interesting. So I'm doing the same thing. So I type in uh, on Google. I put in refrigerator. Hit hit uh, you know enter, and I, it was on all. And then I moved over, and there was an option for images, maps, shopping. So I clicked on shopping. Now I'm seeing nothing but refrigerators. And so when I look at that, let me just look at this person. It's coming through Google.com/shopping/product. So somehow you're feeding into that shopping car yeah, or they have a shopping this is how they make money i guess you know right um so you're paying these custom these people are paying for that ad this is from target actually the top one i clicked on it and it's from target it's a whirlpool mini fridge and so target is paying to get that on that is that is that right yeah so um shopify a lot of the other you know um like woocommerce and um big commerce is another one um magento they have like it's it's already kind of built up in, into the platform. Like uh, Shopify has, a, it's a way that you pretty much sync your feed to Google Shopping. You have to get an app okay. with Shopify. Okay, so it's Google Shopping. That's the term. Okay. Yeah, and you sync it to that. It'll upload all your products. It takes a while. It can take like seventy-two hours because they they crawl your site to make sure um, you know what's on the site is. They want to see um, a lot of the pages like your terms of service and your privacy policy. You have to have all that stuff in place or they'll deny your ads. Um, but when I first started doing it, I was, I just kind of ran ads. I didn't know exactly what I was doing, um, but I kind of ran the ads and, and, uh, you know, I would go in every day and, and make, you know, the negative keywords and it got a little more targeted, I guess I made a few sales. Um, but then I realized, uh, there's other things I wanted to work on. Like I wanted to work on, um, like email flows and, uh, you know, SEO and getting more accounts and uploading more products. So I did, I, uh, I ended up hiring a um, an advertising agency, and they run my ads for me. They pay oh. a month. I pay a monthly fee to them, and they, I just tell them what I want to spend in ad spend, and they manage my account for me. Um, I could probably do better than them. Um, like I have some pretty good training um, where they pretty much teach you how to do like uh, like funnels of how to just kind of funnel from the beginning of the buying cycle to the end ending and. I can't really tell you exactly what it is because I don't, I don't, I haven't really went through that too much um, because I have this advertising agency, right? Like I'm, I'm profitable, I'm making sales, so I'm like, while I have them run ads, I'm just focusing on all these do other you, things. Do you know what percentage it costs? Uh, have you thought about that? How much you pay them versus how much revenue you get in, and as a percentage, is it you know one percent, half a percent, 
Have you ever thought about that? Um, no, if not, it's no worries. It's a no. Google Merchant account. I went. I, I did go a little deeper. Yeah, on it. that's it's a what it is. Google Merchant account you have to have, and I, and I appreciate that you, you know, again, this is where I think this is why this is an interesting interview. Kellen's saying, look, this stuff's cool, but I can buy time. I can hire somebody else to manage it for me because I'm not interested in this piece. I'm interested in the next piece. I want to bring. Now I'm working on that, and the fact that you're not working down at this level, this technical level gives you the ability to 10x the other stuff. <laughs> that's not exactly. dumb. To me, that's perfect. Unless you're this guy who loves the Google merchant and you love being that guy, then you should do that. To me, I think it, all these things that you've done, that's why I started out the conversation. You have optimized it for you. And yeah. you're, you're not perfect. You said it. You know, you're like, hey, I'm not the best at it. I get it. But you're doing it for you, and it just you keep figuring things out because you created time. That. It's masterful, I'm telling you, Kellen. That's uh, masterful. I mean, I'm sitting here in awe because you've done it for you. And it's not the same for me or it's not the same for somebody else. And so to me, you know, you know, you put your head down, did the work. Um, I appreciate that. So, so you've had some success. You see nothing. You're scratching the surface. Do you see yourself moving more and more off of Amazon, eBay, yeah. into your own thing? Definitely. Um, I mean, I... Kind of like I guess the long-term goal is uh, a lot of people that are in this high-ticket space, um, high-ticket dropshipping space. What a lot of people do is they'll build a store and they'll just you know to really get it firing on all cylinders. I mean, it takes a while. It can take mm -hmm. like upwards of like I don't know, like a year to get the SEO and you know good email sequences and all this stuff in place. Um, but if you if you keep your books clean and keep them separate, a lot of people will sell their their stores. So like there's a there's a couple people I know that have they'll, they just call it like it's like an exit strategy, right? They'll build up a store to where you know it's making pretty good income and they have VAs in place and it's, it's what's pretty good income? What's that mean? Just just give us a, a you know something you could say. Is that ten thousand dollars a month or three thousand dollars a month? Yeah, um, there's a lot of factors on how you can sell it. Like, um, I, th I think I heard that it's whatever your revenue is um, a month times like, I don't know what it was, like times 12 or something like that that you can sell it for. But you have to have like some history. Mm -hmm. um, you, you can't just open a store and be profitable in three months and sell it like on Empire Flippers or, or I'm sure you've heard of that site, right? Yeah, or Flippa, the other one. Yeah, right. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, like I don't know, like my store right now, I'm doing maybe forty to forty-five a month. But I'd like to get it up to, I'd like to get up. I really believe I could do a hundred thousand a month in revenue. And when I get to that point, uh, maybe I'll consider selling it um, because you can. I mean, I've heard of people selling their stores for, I mean, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand. But it has to be a turnkey operation. Like you're selling it to someone, to where you have VAs in place, like. They do the customer service and they place the orders. They answer the chat. You know, you have a chat option on your site. Um, they upload products. So, I mean, you might have to do a little bit of work, but you'll you'll generally have like an interview with with the buyer on like Empire Flippers, and you explain everything. And uh, and yeah, like there's people that just build it up, they sell, and then they'll build the next store, and then right. they sell that store, and they just keep doing that. But I don't know. Maybe I won't sell it. If, if but I'm that's not intimidating to you, though. No, I, I think it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, and, and see, t again, that's why I love this interview, because exactly, this is the part, as you sit there and find, that's what you're, 
that's the part you love. I can tell. You get excited. I could hear your voice getting higher on that. I think it's very, very cool. No, I think it's very cool that you have figured this out because, uh, you know, that self-awareness is so important because otherwise you're working in a restaurant, working nights and weekends, thinking you're trapped because everybody's saying, well, you got a good job, Kellen. Keep your head down. Someday you're going to be the general manager. Someday you'll be the district manager. Someday you'll have a heart attack. Someday you're going to end up in the grave from working those hours. That's my opinion. But I added yeah. that, that last part on. So, <laughs> no, I, I, they talked to me about being a general manager, and I was like, I didn't tell them, but I thought to myself, I don't want to be a general manager. Uh, that job sucks, man. <laughs> I don't want that. So, so you know, when you think about where you've come from, I mean, could you even see it when you started because you were scanning end caps at Target, and now to sit where and look where you're and going to work a night shift or vice versa, whether you came home from work and you went and scanned over you know, at the 24-hour stores. Um, now where you're at, I mean, it is it is night and day different. You know, I mean, you really have. You've really taken and said, eh, I like this, I like this, don't like this, don't like this, and you've gotten there. One of the things that I think a lot of people get stuck on is they listen to So they're going to listen to this and going to be like, oh, my God, I should drop ship. That's it. That's what I should do. Um, and I don't know if you're that person that has a shiny object syndrome because they're hearing this and this sounds sexy. Kellen's uh, traveling and he doesn't touch anything and it's a turnkey operation and blah, 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 blah. I don't believe that. I think it works for you because it's you and you've done the work because you like it. What's your advice when people come to you and, and say, Kellen, this sounds really great. Can I get started? How do I get started? Can you show me? You know, I got, a, I got three hours today. Can you get me started? I've, I've had plenty of people do that <laughs> and uh, it's it's um, I always I mean it's like with anything right like if you purchase a course and I've, I'm guilty of it too I've purchased courses where I barely get involved I spend all this money on a course and I barely even do anything or I just kind of give up but that's the thing you know most people do give up really I mean I like if you purchase uh, I'm gonna use like the wholesale formula as an example like I got that course and it's a great course and I didn't really do anything with it. I'll be honest with you. So like is that I, their fault or your fault? That's totally my fault. Fair. Um, and I think like probably I'd be willing to say at least 95% of people that purchase that course, you know, they probably give up, right? Like they contact these wholesalers, keep getting denied, say they don't want Amazon. It gets hard. Products. Yeah. So they're probably just like, you know, they just give up. And that's what most people do. They don't, if you don't get that instant gratification, you're just like, oh, well, I guess it just doesn't work. But um, you just have to. A lot of it's just believing in yourself, I think, and, um, you know, again, like, not, you know, surround yourself with people that are that are already doing it or that are positive and push you and motivate you, because um, it is it is really easy to get those negative thoughts in your head and, and want to give up, and that kind of goes back to like the self development. Just keep your mind your mind primed and, you know, keep you uh, inspired and motivated. Well, I, there's something you said there that I want to make sure we hit on. You said that you have to surround yourself with people that are, you know, similar interests and that kind of thing. How do you do that? Because I get a lot of people that say, Steve, I can't find groups like you have. You know what I mean? I've got, I'm, I'm very, very fortunate. I've got an amazing group of friends that have come through this. Plus, I meet hundreds of amazing people and I get to talk to hundreds of amazing people. But I put myself out there, right? You see me doing all this work, right? All week in and week out, never miss. How do you do it? Um, how do you break into those circles? Because a lot of people don't know how. They're shy. They're they're afraid. They don't. They're not yeah. as smart, Kellen. They're not smart, and they in their mind, right? They have that self belief that everybody's pumped into them, that you're never going to amount to anything. You know? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I, I think like for me, like how I've made a lot of a lot of these relationships is, uh, you know, like I have well, I have um, a couple friends that I've kept in contact since the beginning of my e-commerce journey, and we're still friends, and we might be doing different things, but we still, um, you know, keep in touch. And then also, if you're in a Facebook group, for example, um, you know, teaching you high ticket drop shipping, right? You might see people asking questions that are same things that you're thinking about. So reach out to them, like, you know, send them a private message like, hey, you mind if we just do a little mastermind? Um, we have a mastermind with about five people. Um, we're actually doing a call later today. Sometimes, like, I feel like, you know, I'll go on this call. I, I don't really know what I'm going to say, but every time we do these calls, when I get off that call, I'm always amped up because I see yeah, what yeah. they're doing and it, it just pumps you up. You know, you get ex inspired. You might be might be doing something different than what they're doing as far as like how you're building your site or like I was saying earlier, maybe you're slacking. You've been kind of just slacking off a little bit. But if you talk to, you know, to Joe over here and he's he's man, he's fired up. He's got uh, he's running ads himself and he's you know, he he's like, yeah, I got three new suppliers and been uploading products and kind of tells you like, man, I need to kick it in gear and, and, and get motivated again. So I, I think it's important to have people just kind of pull you up, you know, and to, so you stay on that, you know, stay motivated. Hmm. I think it's, I think that's very powerful. The other thing is you can't go into those groups negative. Does, oh, I hear about this one. Can I make, I need to make a hundred thousand dollars by the end of July. <laughs> Kellen, is that possible? Uh, no. You know, yeah. can I replace my six figure income this month? You know, I'm losing my job next week. Can I do that? No, 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 no. But if you go in with a positive attitude, hey, I'm really interested in learning, you know, that kind of thing. And I think what you just said, too, is when you, when you see somebody else asking a question that you thought was stupid in your mind because you didn't want to ask it, and you realize that, that, wait, other people are asking that same, it's not stupid. And yeah. then that sounds like they're at the same level I am. I think reaching out to them as opposed to reaching out to the guru, and I don't mean that in a negative way, as, as opposed to reaching out to the expert, it's a lot less intimidating. Oh, for sure. Well, a lot of times the experts, they charge for their time too, so they're not gonna... Which is fair. Yeah, but it is fair. I understand, because they're getting private messages all the time, so they realize, hey, I need to charge for my time. Um, but yeah, like it's, it is powerful having those friendships. And kind of back to what you were saying about, um, I don't know, you're saying something about being smart enough. I, I'm not, I'll, I'll tell everyone this, like I, don't claim to be smart. I wasn't a good student in school, but what I have is I'm just hungry, you know, like I'm just determined and like you can't, I just feel like I get motivated by seeing other people doing it, especially if I feel like they're a lot like me and I'm like, well, if he can do it. Why can't I do it? So that motivates me a lot too. And I just, um, I'm just, I'm terrified of going back to a job too. <laughs> well, that so, fear, you know, it's funny. I just saw, uh, Tom Bilyeu interview Ty Lopez, the, the guy with the cars in his garage oh, yeah. or something like that. Right. And it was interesting. They both made a point. One of them was, um, you have to act out of fear. I think that was Ty Lopez that said that you really want to stay in that fearful mode because you don't want to go back to that. So therefore you're going to take action. That's really what helps take action. And the other one, I, I think it was Tom Bilyeu who said this, he's like, look, you know, the longer you do this kind of stuff, you realize that everybody is kind of just feeling their way along. Nobody has, uh, or maybe it was Ty Lopez who said, I've never met a deity, a deity, I don't know how to pronounce that. Most people have no clue or, or are just as lost as you, even the successful ones mm -hmm. in other I, parts of their life. Another thing I noticed too, and and I, I've, I've been saying this for a while, but a lot of people are, um, 
they might claim that they work 14 hours a day, and some people do. I mean, some mm -hmm. people really do work a lot, but I think a lot of people don't. Um, they just kind of put this portrayal out that they do work like that. But I think the key is to be consistent in your effort, like improve every day. You know, some days you improve a lot, some days you don't. But as long as you keep pushing that needle forward, it's kind of like the, um, I don't know if you've read the book, um, oh, not the compound effect, which is similar to what I'm thinking, uh, the slight edge. That's one of my favorite books. No, I haven't read that. Uh, I've read the compound effect, Darren Hardy. Uh, yeah, the slight edge. The slight edge. It is like when I when I one of my friends gave me the audio book, and it's just it makes you feel like wow, I can really do anything. It's just about just just pushing that needle forward, improving one percent every day, and just keep doing that. It compounds over time, but the key it, is to keep doing it. Is that what is that what you would credit your success with? Is taking a slight edge by continuous improvement, small definitely. improvements over time. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, I I'd like. Some days I do get, um, you know, there's periods of time where I just, I have a goal and I, I want to really crank out a lot of stuff and I do put in a lot of hours sometimes, but then there's times that I don't. Um, but I, it, it kind of back to what I was saying, it's just, the whole point is just, regardless of how much you improve, just, just try to be a little bit better than you were the day before, really. Cool. All right. That was a perfect way to end it. Well, if someone has some more questions, has some follow-up questions, what's the best way to get you, Kellen? Just, just message me on Facebook, Kellen okay. Ambrose. I'll put that Happy link out there. Dude, you know, it's very exciting for me, again, because I watch from the sidelines. I've watched you. We've met a couple times. And I watch over time people, and I watch them figuring it out. And the intentional approach that you're taking is very powerful. You could downplay it, and you know, in any way you want, but it's real. And, again, to me, I admire somebody who's saying, no. Yeah, that reset stuff's cool, but this is where I'm going, and I'm going to do this because I value my time because I'm putting my time and effort over here. I'm going to make this site very successful, blah, blah, blah. So I think it's smart. I think it's been very good uh, for you, and I think it's replicatable for others, and it's not easy, though, right? That's just not easy. It's just that small, slight edge. I love that. Ooh, I love that phrase. Yeah, it takes it takes time. Um, it's not easy at first, but it's once you get everything built up and, you know, you're, you're running ads. I mean, it gets, it can become pretty passive and, and fruitful really, but it's not a hundred percent passive. I take a lot of phone calls. People call me a lot from the website. I have the 800 number linked to my phone and it's a big purchase. So people want to, yeah. they want to ask questions. They want to, and you're like a new site to them. They want to make sure this is, uh, you know, this, this is legit. Business. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to ease their mind. And I would say 50% of my sales, I have to close over the phone. But the other 50% is just passive. I'll just get a sale. That's very cool. And as technology improves, that's only going to change, uh, probably to your advantage, uh, with chatbots and those kind of things. So, All right, very cool. Man, I wish you nothing but success. I can't wait to hear how this goes for you. I can't wait till you make that. you got to let me know when you sell this site, if you sell this site. Because to <laughs> me, again, I just think it's cool that you built something. It's like that inventor. You invented something. You built it. And then somebody else saw value in it, and they bought it because they say it's that artist who creates that sculpture. That's kind of what it is. And in a weird way, it's really the same thing. So very, very cool. Man, I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. Thanks, Stephen. So very cool. Such a smart guy and humble guy. Um, but you hear him putting the time, and he's on a call later on today with four or five other like-minded individuals where even if he can't bring his A game, they're going to help him bring his A game because they're going to pull him up. He's going to get inspired by them. How cool would that 
be to have in your life. If you don't have that, he gave solid advice how to get that. Because that's one of the questions, I'll probably use this a lot. I'll probably mention him a lot. Because people ask me all the time, Steve, how do you get those people in my life? I, I can't find them. Well, he gave a great example of how you find somebody. That's powerful. Now you got to do it, right? I'm sure he was nervous the first time he did it. But man, once that happens, that other person, if they're asking the similar question that you thought was stupid to ask, uh, they're in the same place you are. So that's cool. So guess what? Like-minded. Now you can, you got something in common. And then maybe you can work together. Maybe you can't, but you can start there. And I just think that's solid advice. It's going to get you through the tough times because there will be tough times. This isn't in, not an easy business. What he's doing is not easy. A lot of moving pieces and he's figuring it out. Right. And so you can do the same thing. EcommerceMomentum.com. EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.